there's so much swirling around and everybody I think right now is bathed in, you know, information of all kinds. You know, we're all subject to our own like kind of bubble of media and, and social media network. So can you just start out by putting us a little in context? We're speaking Monday morning. Where are we in this conflict? I think we've we've passed a, a point that many of us hoped that we would never see that our country is supporting you know violent uh ethnic cleansing of well there's two point three million Palestinians in Gaza, and I for one never thought israel would would do this, and I never thought my country would support ethnic cleansing. The idea of moving millions of people without food or water, no resources, no electricity, no place to shelter. The north of Gaza is going to be obliterated. Uh, much of it already is. Uh, how are these people, these million people, going to move through uh, an obliterated landscape without any food or water? You know, I've often thought about the Trail of Tears. Uh, I keep reading accounts of it and how it happened and President Jackson and the gold that was discovered on Cherokee land. You know, there's all sorts of things that go into it, but to round an entire people up and put them on a forced march out to Oklahoma where thousands of them died, I mean, how did our country do that? I mean, that, that that's always a question I ask. And I always hope that our country would have learned something in the hundreds of years since we ethnically cleansed, you know, all our native populations, probably killed 95% of indigenous peoples in our, our manifest destiny. And, you know, that's the name we give to, to ethnic cleansing. I'm just sort of completely horrified that in my lifetime and in the country, you know, that I served as a as a soldier would ever do something like that. You know, any idea of some sort of international authority that has a line where it says countries, they handle their own affairs up to this line, but no further once they cross yeah. the line. It just seems like any idea of that is if not completely gone, disappearing by the hour. Well, I mean, the UN Charter and the 1948 uh, Rights uh, Declaration specifically forbid uh, ethnically cleansing to occur. That's our international structure, is to outlaw that behavior and compare it to the Nazis, as a matter of fact. You know, all those uh, universal declaration of, of human rights is all based on what the Nazis did, and, and so is the Nuremberg Tribunal protocol based on, you know, Nazi behavior. So you wouldn't think that states would dare do this after the victorious troops uh, in the Second World War had laid down these international principles that countries weren't supposed to do this. You know, and and to see it come back it just means that there possibly is no uh, international law that the U.S. wants to follow. 
The U.S. talks about the rules of order, and that's used a lot. Uh, Blinken uses that a lot, the uh, international rules of order, but those rules aren't really written down anyplace. And there's only one meaning to the, the those rules is the fact that the rest of the world has to do anything that the U.S. wants it to. Uh, so you see, you know, one state who is now disavowing adherence to any of those principles. That's scary, too, because that leaves us in a position that fosters war. You know, and I think it, the U.S. wouldn't be sending two uh, aircraft carriers in the Middle East if it wasn't considering the possibility of a much larger war over this. As a member of Jewish Voices for Peace, how do you express the calls for peace, nonviolence, and an end to civilians dying with the giant horror of this ongoing siege, occupation, and now invasion? Jewish Voice for Peace talks a lot about the Holocaust and lessons from the Holocaust. So I'm not Jewish myself. Jewish Voice for Peace you know, accepts people who are pro-human rights, and you don't have to be Jewish uh, to be in Jewish Voice for Peace. So I want to, you know, make that clear. I spend my time learning from Jewish Voice for Peace, uh, you know, learning uh, what the movements are in the Jewish people, uh, the attempts to take back their Jewish principles uh, of peace and justice. Many Jews don't want to have Israel the ideas of Israel and the, the ethnic cleansing to represent Jewish people. They don't want to be defined by this uh, belligerent state that disregards international law. A large number of students who were in Students for Justice in Palestine are Jewish students, you know, and, you know, they're holding signs about Israel being an apartheid state. And uh, other Jews are holding signs saying we must protect Israel because Israel's the U.S. best friend and uh, they went through the Holocaust. So this is really, I think Jewish Voice for Peace is, is an attempt to, to clarify and demand that Jews have a right to define themselves. It's part of a wonderful thing that America offers people is uh, that there are groups in America working for social justice. There has been for decades and decades. And I think it's a good time, you know, at this horrific uh, era that we remember there's people, that's part of American tradition as well, to to fight for civil liberties, freedom of speech, worker rights, uh, anti-racism, that's part of the good parts of this country. The groups that you're involved with, do they have uh, any recommendations for people who want to be involved and are they organizing anything locally? We're definitely trying to put it together. Women in Black, New Paltz, for example, their Saturday demonstration last Saturday, they decided to completely devote it to the people in Gaza. And so in New Paltz, uh, we had the biggest group we'd actually seen for a local vigil like that, you know, a big turnout, and we held signs. And I think at this point, to remind Americans that there are two points of view, you have your governmental point of view, which is so pro-Israel that it almost seems unthinking. It's like a 
this automatic response that uh, we need to get out and remind people that uh, all America doesn't support ethnic cleansing and violence by Israel. That's important, too. Uh, so we've been calling up our, our representatives, uh, members of Congress. We're going to start a campaign of calling in. So we hope to get um, hundreds of people calling their elected representatives. We're setting up tables at various farmers markets. We're going to be doing the next one in Kingston, where we hand out flyers to people about Gaza and ethnic cleansing. And uh, actually, we've been doing that all summer. Every month we pick uh, one or two farmers markets uh, to be involved with. And then we're talking about a mid-Hudson uh, gathering to object to stores that are supporting Israel. Uh, for example, Joblot, uh, announcing to their customers that they're collecting funds for the protection of our brothers and sisters in Israel not our brothers and sisters in, in Gaza or the West Bank. Uh, it's purely their brothers and sisters are uh, Israelis. We'd love to any, have anybody join us. Uh, Mideast Crisis is this, just mideastcrisis.org. Jewish Voice for Peace is a blog. If you go to mideastcrisis.org, you can look at the Jewish Voice for Peace webpage as well. And we try to keep people informed on the webpage. And lastly, I tell people to get their news from international sources like uh, Al Jazeera is one. There's several, The Guardian in the UK. The U.S. media is failing us terribly in this. It's uh, so completely pro-Israel and distorts so much of the coverage. 